missing beginning to the end of my podcast. I went back to the beginning, I went to listen to it, and it was gone. How odd. In any case, it's no longer Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's no longer Saturday night, September 23rd, 2007, which was, I believe I was saying, ending tragically and untimely. And now it just seems awkward. Plus, the timing all worked out. Now I don't know when I need to finish by because there's a beat and the beat won't work out. I'm so sad. Welcome to the rather bass-ackwards edition of Sentinel World. This is episode 6. My name is Jack. I am your host. If you want to mail me, you probably could. But I'm not going to give you my email address, because I'm not sure which one to give you. Alright. Somewhat discomfited, I guess I will put this at the beginning so we can begin. For tonight's episode, I've decided that I'm going to do the entire thing off the cuff. I'd like to tell you that this is entirely because I was thinking that I'd shake things up and try out a different format and see how people reacted, but to be perfectly honest, it's mostly that I'm feeling much too lazy to actually write something right now. I don't know why, just am. I'm feeling not unworded, but unwritten, unwritly, un... no, that, that's not a word, unrightly. Hey, yeah, one other thing about this one, um, I do it on occasion, but basically, this one's going to be the no editing podcast, so, uh, enjoy if the sound effects get odd. I am a creature of noises, and sometimes they make people crazy. I'm trying to use my consultancy voice, which of course gives me the ability to speak in a slightly more modulated and controlled manner, and hopefully causes me to enunciate more, but the primary benefit is that it's where I'm concentrating on not making the ums and ahs and other noises that kind of punctuate your typical conversational podcast or broadcast or recording. Thought it might be more interesting, but hey, we'll, we'll see how it goes, right? Um, oh, wow. Hey, this is interesting. I can't actually remember if I mentioned that this is going to be the unedited version or not. Whoa, that's just creepy. All right. Well, to start off with, I'd like to just let everyone know that I got a rejection letter today. It's kind of interesting in that I wasn't expecting a rejection letter. And the thing about rejections is that they're usually rejecting you for something you are wanting to do or trying to do. And the fact that I'm not expecting it would imply that I have not attempted to do something and yet I'm being rejected. So it took a little bit of detective work. It took a little bit of digging. And after going through my mail files, I discovered that I submitted a story more than a year ago, in fact, a year and approximately three months ago, to a little online magazine, and they are apparently entirely certain that they can do without my services. I'm not upset. I'm more confused. I was really wondering 
who would be seriously expecting a response after a year after a year i think i would consider the whole thing a write-off i'd consider the package lost or the mailing misfiled which i suppose is not entirely rational seeing as i have prior experience with that so i'll tell you a story pardon me i'm going to clear my throat <clears throat> the back back at the end of high school when when computers were a lot less sophisticated and people were coping with the likes of new products like windows 3.1 and mostly just working with the dos world and applications of that ilk there was a lot of demand for people to provide training for Lotus 1, 2, 3 and for WordPerfect and all those wonderful packages. And my father pointed out that I was actually pretty good at most of these tools and that there was demand for it, as I mentioned. So he suggested that I keep an eye out and maybe apply for a night school teaching position because, hey, it'd be experience, it would look good, and maybe I'd get paid for doing what I do anyway. So I took a look at the papers, and when a position opened up, I thought, hey, what the heck, why not? I'm going to try it. So I put together the best resume that I could, and I mailed it off to the uh, Catholic Toronto School Board. And, well, I mean, I'm a high school student. I'm nearing the end of my tenure there. I didn't really expect them to call me. I mean, I'm good at what I do. I was good at the time, but I'm a kid. What what school board would call a kid to teach? I mean, it's just, it wasn't done. But what happened was about, uh, I guess it would be three years later, about three years later, I got a phone call from the Catholic school board where they wanted to interview me. And I went to the interview. It was an interruption to my summer job. I had to leave early, but sometimes you just got to put down the snowflakes and go do, do your thing. So I went off. I went to this interview. And it went really well. I have to tell you, I was pretty proud of myself. I was pretty proud of how I handled it. I answered their questions pretty well. I certainly demonstrated a knowledge of tools and technology and a little bit of awareness of teaching. I even had a handy-dandy letter of reference from my pastor saying that I'm a good Catholic boy and uh, they could rely upon me to represent my faith faithfully. Well, we got to the end of the interview and they told me, yeah, you know, you've done pretty well. We're pretty happy with the conversation. But something that concerns us is that we're surprised that you don't have a degree. And I told them, well, actually, I'm just starting or about to launch into my third year of engineering school at the University of Toronto. And they were very surprised because, of course, this is the kind of thing that one puts on a resume. And they asked me, so why didn't you put this on your resume? And that was when I had to tell them that the reason that my university training wasn't on my resume was because three years ago I hadn't been going to university and the resume that they were working from was in fact incredibly stale. Perhaps unsurprisingly, I didn't get the job. I am a little disappointed.
I think a teaching position would be fun. I think I'd be... I think I'd do alright at it. I don't know if I'd be good at it, but I think it would be an interesting exercise at the very least. Anyway, that's the story that comes from rejection, that comes from rejection, that comes from the story that I submitted a long, long, long time ago and completely forgot about. So, next, another thing that I wanted to talk about. This is a point that comes to mind again and again, but I forget. Is that I... I listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts fairly regularly. In fact, I'm just burning through material right now. Um, But, oh, I just did an um. I was trying not to do that. Well, we'll keep going see how I do. The overwhelming problem that I have with podcasts is that they're slow. If I read an article, I can read the article pretty damn fast. And if I'm listening to it, I have to listen to it at spoken word speeds. And spoken word, oops, I just tapped the microphone. Sorry about that. I will stop gesturing now. The problem with speaking at, with perception at speaking speeds is that it's just slower than uh, reading. And I'm not entirely comfortable with that because if you speak at the kind of speeds that happen in a interview where they're trying to be literate, they're trying to be careful, they're trying to make it easy for people to hear over potentially noises and static and background, the fact is that my attention begins to wander. It's probably a bad thing, but just sometimes... You're just not going to get that much time from me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what I struggle with is that there are a number of podcasts, you know, bits of NPR t- programming that I enjoy very much, but I tend not to give my full attention to. And in podcast form, well, for one, I feel much more obliged to give it my full attention because, hey, I've gone and downloaded this thing. I've gone to the trouble of pulling it down. Of course I'm going to listen to it. On the flip side, well, I mean, right now, when I get the chance to listen to it live, so to speak, I listen to it and it runs in the background and I pay attention or I don't as the situation demands. And I have no problem with just leaving it in the background and ignoring it and letting it play by. But it's more frustrating to me when I download something that's potentially interesting to me, but I get distracted or tune out because, well, the pauses were too long. So what I do is I go and I actually speed these things up. I've mentioned this, I believe, but I thought it would be interesting to come back and to basically play an accelerated segment just to make that point to explain why there's a difference between the rate at which you speak and the rate at which you hear because it's actually not that hard to understand the accelerated speech. It's a little strange sometimes, but frankly, uh, going at about 150% of real time, you don't even notice most of the time that it's accelerated. I mean, I certainly don't. Um, you adjust the pitch. I just ummed again. Arg. I adjust the pitch, I tune it, I make it, well, I I don't do this, the software does this, but essentially, you don't chipmunk it, you just process it, and 
the result is the ability to process information at a much higher rate, and it makes it very much more compelling for me. I feel very much more engaged with what I'm listening to. I mean, I do the same thing with television using my PVR, and it's also pretty productive in that I find that I very quickly lose patience with some of the shows that I attempt to record. Um, oh, now I'm slipping. See, I'm drifting off of what I knew I was going to talk about and getting to what I'm not sure I'm going to talk about. Also, I think I've been a little bit too serious, and I believe there's a certain obligation or expectation that I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. So I probably should interject with some other thoughts that have come to mind. For example, I was thinking that if I am a one in a billion person, then there are approximately in the world six people just like me. And I was sitting there in the middle of a meeting, bored to tears, when it suddenly hit me that, hey, if I can find their blogs, I can save myself a lot of typing and just cut and paste. Yeah, it's silence you're hearing. That's where the drum roll would go, if I had a drummer. Oh wait, I do have a drummer. I just can't hear him right now. Hey. Okay, now, just for the fun of it, what we're going to do is I'm going to go and split this off into a, a stereo recording, or at least a chunk of this into a stereo recording. I don't usually bother with the stereo because, well, it's just me, and, well, if I don't put in stereo, it's a smaller podcast, and you don't have to listen to it as long, or you don't have to download it as much, I guess. So, I'm going to... What am I going to do? I'm going to say something? No, I'm not sure I'm going to say something. I'm not sure I have something to say. Maybe I'm going to read something. Wouldn't that be exciting? I like reading. I like reading a lot. Now I'm just filling time, as you can maybe tell. I'm trying to find us a good thing to read. And, of course, I'm not coming up with anything. Tell you what. I am going to... I'm going to go to the beginning of a book, a book that I am reading, called Small Gods by Terry Pratchett. It's just uh, something that I carry on my little PDA in case I get caught in a plane or waiting for a meeting or something and happen to have my electronics with me. It's kind of handy having a little bit of a book around not really convenient for doing much else. If I could just figure out how to get software that had um, revision control on it, been, then then I'd have a really useful platform because then I could actually do my editing on the move and I'd get a lot more time on it. Um, right. Terry Pratchett, Small Gods. Now consider the tortoise and the eagle. The tortoise is a ground-living creature. It is impossible to live nearer the ground without being under it. Its horizons are a few inches away. It has about as good a turn of speed as you need to hunt down a lettuce. It has survived while the rest of evolution flowed past it by being, on the whole, no threat to anyone and too much trouble to eat. And then there is the eagle. 
a creature of the air in high places, whose horizons go all the way to the edge of the world. Eyesight keen enough to spot the rustle of some small and squeaky creature half a mile away. All power, all control, lightning death on wings. Talons and claws enough to make a meal of anything smaller than it is, and at least take a hurried snack out of anything bigger. And yet, the eagle will sit for hours on the crag, and survey the kingdoms of the world until it spots a distant movement, and then it will focus, focus, focus on the small shell wobbling about the bushes down there on the desert, and it will leap. And a minute later, the tortoise finds the world dropping away from it, and it sees the world for the first time, no longer one inch from the ground, but five hundred feet above it, and it thinks, what a great friend I have in the eagle. And then the eagle lets go, and always, almost always, the tortoise plunges to its death. Everyone knows why the tortoise does this. Gravity is a habit that is hard to shake off. No one knows why the eagle does this. There's good eating on a tortoise, but, considering the effort involved, there's much better eating on practically everything else. It's simply the delight of eagles to torment tortoises. Of course, what the eagle does not realize is that it's participating in a very crude form of natural selection. One day, a tortoise will learn to fly. Alright, so I'm going to take that last chunk and I'm going to split that up and show you what accelerated versus non-accelerated is, because really, I don't think it's so bad. Although, again, I'm more of a faster speaker, so maybe I don't tolerate or I don't survive the acceleration process quite as well as some, but hey, you never know. Of course, what the eagle does not realize is that it's participating in a very crude form of natural selection. One day, a tortoise will learn to fly. Other than that, I think I'm running near the length limit, or my target length limit. I mean, I did sort of have a working goal set aside of I'm going to write Wow, years and years of writing a journal have made me actually think in those terms, which is odd because when I'm writing, I write about talking. But hey, um, this entire podcast is intended to be about a five-minute little blip uh, just to sort of keep things kind of fun, kind of avoid the long-windedness problem that I'm sometimes prone to. Not here. Not here, of course, because naturally here I'm only speaking to you of the most important things that I could. But I'm still kind of struggling with what this is and what this is going to be. And I'm also struggling with sort of tonality and such because, hey, what am I supposed to sound like? Although apparently I'm coming out sounding okay, which is good. Um, Yeah, I know. I've kind of given up on the production speak. Don't worry about it. All right, here. I know what I'm going to do. I am going to tell you about an idea because it's a cool idea. I may write about it later because I have been meaning to, but for now I just want to talk about it. I want to talk about the idea of rain because a storm is actually kind of neat. Um, it's, it's a concept it's a concept that I don't think people really think about. I mean, they do when there's a hurricane, because a hurricane's a great big energetic thing that, you know, blows people's minds, and 
there's a fly twitching on my desk. I mean, seriously, if I had to guess, I would say, or if I had to pick a phrase, rather, I would say that there's a fly flickering on my desk. It's not really eating. I don't see proboscis moving. It's just kind of twitching there. Okay, now it's stopped. I'm feeling a little bit better. That was a very Matrix moment. You know, the little deja vu that tells you you're running inside the system. <laughs> Alright, perhaps now I have a dead fly on my desk. Where was I? Yes, storms. Storms. Storms are wonderful things. Storms do things like rain. And rain is actually kind of neat. I'm a city boy, but I've got, you know, farming in the blood, or at least in the bloodline, and I have had occasion to be drawing water from the well, and I don't know if you've done this, I certainly haven't done this as an adult, but still, as a child, I can certainly tell you, a bucket of water is not a trivial thing, it's not a big thing, it's not unmanageable, but when you have to heft a bucket of water up many feet by a rope you feel it it's a tangible effort gravity will make you pay for the work and for the drink so physically lifting a bucket of water takes time and effort and then you think about how much rain would come from that water in, in like a storm because frankly you know I could leave a bucket out in the middle of a of a one of the big storms and I'm sure it'd fill up in a moment. And then you think about okay, so somehow and we'll leave faith versus science versus you know process out of it because it's not at all relevant. Somehow buckets and buckets and buckets of water are being hefted up to the sky. They are being held there and then they're being dropped. And think about the amount of energy that is required to carry one bucket a short distance. Think about the effort that it takes to carry one gallon or one, ah, shoot, one two liter of, uh, no wait, two liters isn't a gallon. Ah, man, I'm having metric issues. Okay, let me try that again. Let's say, you have a quarter, a liter of uh, drink. No, that's not heavy enough to really have an effect. All right. Say you have four liters of milk, or a gallon, as we say in American. Well, as you say in American. I'm not strictly an American. I'm like a Canadian ninja. But anyway, you have a gallon of water, four liters of water, the milk bag, whatever. You're carrying that around, and, and I don't know if you've ever carried it in hand as opposed to putting it into the shopping bag or putting it in the shopping cart, but when you're lugging it by hand, you feel it. It's it's a tangible thing. It, it weighs, and it wears down your arm, and, and it cuts into your hand. And now, picture one of these being carried for miles, and then two of these, and then ten of these, and the amount of power that is going into lifting water and moving it and pushing it around the earth, it's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. 
Because all that's doing that is light. Sunlight. A little bit of heat. And and this whole thing goes. How cool is that? Alright. One last thought, and then I'll let you get out of my misery. I've been watching a TV series called Planet Earth, uh, narrated by a, a guy named David Attenborough. It's a BBC TV production, I believe, and they basically took some pretty fancy hardware to create some footage from basically the entire planet. And I'm only three episodes into it, but I have not made it through a single episode without being utterly mind-blown by some of the things that I have seen. And that's fascinating to me just because, you know, I've seen a fair number of nature programs, so uh, it's not often that I'm, I'm sort of shocked. And I'm really enjoying that. I, I'm just thrilled to find so much to be excited about in this program. Anyway, I don't know if it's your thing or not. I'm recommending it. Last? No, wait, wasn't that last? Oh, it might have been last, but then I've got a couple of seconds left. Oh, I have a couple of seconds left. Should I go for half an hour or 25 minutes? I mean, if I'm going for 25 minutes, I've just used up most of what's remaining before that, and I should probably be closing now. Whereas, if I'm going to talk a little bit longer, I've got a little bit longer to talk in. But, yeah. You know what? I'm going to call it a night, mostly because I was going to do a book recommendation, and I don't have the book anywhere in sight to be able to recommend it at you. Or rather, not to recommend it at you, but I don't have the book in sight to be able to say, this is the title and this is the author. So I'm going to save that, call it a night. It's been fun. This has been Sentinel World. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Do feel free to leave me feedback. I absolutely need reactions. Have a lovely evening. Well, I guess have a lovely morning. It's Sunday, September 23, and this has been Sentinel World. <laughs>